Hi, I'm Maddie Hayes. And I'm David Addison. It's been a great season so far, hasn't it? You betcha. I'm getting famous. Famous? What do you mean famous? I mean famous. I'm going to make a video. A video? You're going to make a video? What kind of video? Well, you've seen these how-to videos, how to mm -hmm. exercise, how to put on makeup. Yeah. I'm going to do a funk video. A funk video? A funk video. What the hell's a funk video? It's called How to Be Funky. Gonna teach you how to get down, how to stay down, how to roll around. How are you going to do that? Watch. Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna, and we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now this is going to take several years as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are. And even if you have some trivia to disclose, our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. And we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's get started. Dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> Greetings, Mooners and Moonettes. We're back. Yes, it is true. This is us, back by popular demand and certain outdated extradition laws. The girls who put the moon back into moonlighting. The girls to whom Speedy Gonzalez once said, Well, do debts, slow down. The girls whom the Queen of England once said, It's quite a good podcast, isn't it? Our vacation has ended, but it hasn't changed location. Hit it, Moonies. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, back to another... <laughs> Kidding. Now all I have in, in my mind is to go bum 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 bum. <laughs> all right, hello, all moonies. Welcome back to mid-season moonlighting the podcast. We are back after a six-month hiatus. Hello, Grace. Hello, my beautiful Shauna. It's great to be back working with you, recording moonlighting the podcast. Hi, everyone. It's great to see you. You know what the great thing about this hiatus is, Grace? Moonlighting fans are no strangers to waiting. <laughs> Poor buggers. <laughs> you know, the most patient people got to be mm. moonlighting fans. You know, they went through it initially. Remember back in that day when we had to wait and wait and wait some more and we could be the head waiters at a restaurant? <laughs> uh, anyway, hi, everyone. This is Shauna and Grace and I are back. So Grace, how's it going, Grace? Um, you want to tell the cats and kittens why we've been on hiatus all this time? Yes, I thought I'd um, 
I thought I'd explain why we we took a six-month break. Uh, It wasn't because we were trying to be like the moonlighting production. (laughs) Um, What happened was in late January, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So even though I was diagnosed with breast cancer, we still did another episode, I think, Shauna, that one in February, Man Who Cried Wife, because I didn't have any appointments planned yet. But after many appointments and um, a lot of decisions had to be made, I had to have a double mastectomy as well as the reconstruction. So as you can imagine, this was a, a, a major operation and it was actually a double operation because they had to get um, tissue from my tummy to put it in, <laughs> to, you know, to put it in my breast. So yeah, it was it was a long operation. It was eight hours. Because there were two teams, the surgeon as well as the plastics team to do the reconstruction. And it was going to be a long recovery. So I just felt that I need to needed to explain to the fans why we took a break. It wasn't because oh, we were tired or we didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. We're definitely committed to doing, to creating the podcast for you. Uh, but obviously it was a it was a major operation and it was a long recovery. And anyway, so obviously tests were done afterwards and I've been given the all clear. So I'm back to work on the podcast. I'm really happy to be back doing the podcast because as you can imagine, when you're recovering, you're just, (laughs) there's not a lot of things you can do. And I basically had to learn to walk again because obviously I couldn't stand up straight. I was walking like a hunchback. Um, There was a lot of things. My My family and friends have been wonderful, a great support to help me because there was a lot of things I could not do. And, um, but, but, you know, day by day you get better and better and you just keep, like each day at the start, I could only walk for about three minutes and then I have to lie down. So that grew and grew each day and I just got better and, um, yeah, I'm back to almost back to normal now. Still got appointments, yeah. of course. I still have another um, surgery that I have to have, but that's that's why, you know, we we had to have a break. And I just want to thank, obviously, my family and friends have been wonderful. They've been very supportive and helping me. Even my my sister's been wonderful bringing over food. I love that um, nice Italian food. And also you, Shauna, you've been wonderful, great support. And Shauna sent me a beautiful package in the mail all the way from California. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was all wonderful. Moon-related moon stuff. All moon-related yeah. stuff, yes. I got a lovely moon robe, a lovely robe with all little moons on it and lots of other little goodies. So thank you. Thank you for your support throughout it because I really appreciated that. And also... Definitely the Moonlighting fans, they've been sending messages and posts and um, asking how I was, which that really um, really touched my heart. I thought that was wonderful. Thank you very much for thinking of me. So that really made me and, feel, uh, yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, that about they, the cute little card that, uh, that Scott sorry? Ryan sent you. Oh, tell yeah. Tell about the cute little card that Scott Ryan sent you. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Scott Ryan sent me a card in the mail and – there was a boy and a girl on the cover and he changed their heads to Maddie and David and he wrote a beautiful little note, a funny note inside. So that was, <laughs> that really cheered me up that day. Cause that was, that was a, actually, I was having a bad day. So um, that was wonderful. Thank you, Scott. 
I've already spoken to him about that, so that was great. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. So, cute. so thank you, everyone, for your thoughts. Yes, and, uh, yeah, I'm happy to have uh, been by your side there. Grace and I have become like family through, you know, working on this podcast. We've been through so many ups and downs. I mean, mm. so many things have happened while we're doing this podcast, as you can imagine, um, in the last couple of years in our family mm. and in just our personal lives. And, um, yeah, we've been just, uh, even though we've never met in person, which was crazy, um, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> it, yeah, we've uh, really become a team um, on and off the podcast. So it's just so happy that you are feeling well and healthy and you look great. And um, so happy we're on the other side of this. So it's such a relief to be on this side of it. And um, health is, you know, the most important thing is you're healthy. And it doesn't matter about the, the six months we took off, you know, it's all. Yeah. Life just throws things at you sometimes. And yeah. you've just got to absolutely be strong and deal with it. And, um, to all the women out there who have been through the same thing, kudos to you guys because it's it's pretty rough what you have to go through. You get poked and prodded and and so many women have gone yeah. gone through this and come out the other side stronger and it really makes you look at life differently. Yep, you're absolutely a survivor. So it's and been, yeah, so strong. And yes, there's a community of women out there that can relate, absolutely. So yeah, everyone in that community is in our thoughts. Absolutely. All right. But now on to the next episode. We left you guys. Um, like Grace said, we did The Man Who Cried Wife. That was um, the last episode that we talked about on the mm. podcast. And now, and now another great episode, Symphony and Knocked Flat. What a wonderful episode, Grace, huh? Yes. And you know what? Because I reviewed it for our episode, I didn't realize how good the episode was. I mean, I always enjoyed this episode, but now that I had to actually look at it with a microscope, it was so well made and so well edited. And you just get the great production value. But I'm getting ahead of myself, Shauna. <laughs> yeah, we're getting slightly ahead, and this is probably a conversation we would have at the end. But, uh, but I will say, this used to be my favorite episode. I just watched it again and again and again. I have because it's so funny and there's so much, there's so much in it that I love. I don't know where it falls in my list right now. I haven't checked my, my top 10 in a while, but um, you know, I have another episode that we haven't covered yet. That's my absolute favorite, but symphony um, used to be. So yeah, just, it was really fun revisiting it. Like you say, scrutinizing every moment of it and just really appreciating everything they packed in there. It's one of the more just comedic episodes of Moonlighting. Yeah. And you can really see like with this episode and we know other, other episodes and, you know, that we've already covered and that are coming are very dramatic. You can see why when they were up for awards, it was hard to decide which category to put this show in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Drama, comedy. Yeah, because this is such a great example of how funny the show, mm. like all of the comedy, all of the slapstick, all of the homage to stooges and they um, should have had a slapstick category <laughs> they would have won all of those yeah. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and it has a very unique opening doesn't it oh yes i love this cold open i love it getting the temptations on yeah. and and you know oh, what yeah. i only just realized that they're in david's office mm. i never took That's note of that i just thought they were on on a wobbly's desk 
But then oh, when I looked at okay. it closely, because it was so wide, I thought it was out in the outer office. But it looks like they've extended David's office wider to fit in the temptations because I'm sure his office is not that wide. Yes. So there are a few accommodations I think they've had to make to that space to do the trickery. Now, today, it would be easy to do what they did, which is when he snaps his fingers, the temptations appear. When he snaps again, they disappear. Mm. But when you look on the carpet, there's like a piece of tape and the floor is slightly raised or something. You know, you can kind of see like outside of the world. You know, you can, yeah. it's a little bit, um, you know, behind the scenes. Because the, uh, the camera's moved back. Yeah, right. The camera's moved back. And then they've done the thing where it's like Bruce had to like snap his fingers and like hold, probably hold his position. You bring in the temptations, you know, they pause the camera, they bring in the temptations mm-hmm. and then he finishes it. Yeah. And then like same thing at the end, right. To make the temptations disappear. So yeah. um, now I don't know if it was just what I was watching it on or, you know, if you noticed it on your DVD, cause we, I think you, I don't know if you're watching it on YouTube or DVD at, doesn't really matter. But did you notice that the sound syncing was off um, on the on the snap for Bruce? Or is I that just what I was watching I, it on? Yeah, I think it's always a bit off. Okay. Yes, I'm sort of used to it now that I don't notice it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think the sound syncing is a bit off. But I mean, you know, kind of a high tech thing they're trying to do back mm. in that day. Like I said, today with editing tools, it'd be a piece of cake to do that. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, have you seen any of the b- behind-the-scenes um, pictures of Sybil and Bruce um, sitting on the desk filming the scene? Like sometimes Sybil has her shoes off. Yes. She's barefoot. She's sitting. Yeah. Okay. I always think that they look so tired. <laughs> Sybil looks tired. Oh, um, really? Just in those outtakes. It's like oh. it's like they were probably sitting on that desk for a long time. Oh, just okay. in those behind-the-scenes photos. Yeah. 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 She's probably um, dancing probably barefoot too. <laughs> uh, can you see her shoes? No. Nah. Can you see her feet? No. Nah. Okay, probably, mm. uh, knowing Sybil. Yeah. So what I read was um, this was, um, was this October 14th this aired? Oh, shit, I didn't even go through that. Oh, bloody hell. Sorry. We've gotten so excited that I haven't given the intro and details to the episode. It first aired on the 14th of October, 1986. It was directed by Paul Lynch and it was written by Dale Galano, Pauline Miller, and Glenn Gordon-Karen. The guest stars, right, there's a lot of guest stars in this episode. So we've got Xander Berkeley as a scalper, Jan B. Daly as Agent Bellow, Linda Thorson as Agent Gregory, Will McMillan as Agent Dayton, Steve James as Boogaloo, Tom McFadden as Agent Gibson, Mario Rucuzzo as the ticket seller, Alan Coleman as the ticket buyer, Ernie Banks as Boogaloo's trainer, E. Hampton Beagle as the theatre usher, Lou Filippo as the referee, May Marmy as the woman sitting behind Maddie at the symphony, Jade Roberts as um, Sylvester Stallone's impersonator, and Roderick Van as the parking attendant. And of course, special guest star Don King as himself. Now, the cast credits... We got a bit confused with the cast credits for this episode because nothing matches up. And when I looked at IMDb, a couple of the actors, they've got their characters the wrong way around. And there's also another 
actor in this called Frank Miller. Now, I cannot find him anywhere. I'm not quite sure which character he played. So if I get these wrong, please forgive me. You can let us know. You can email us and if, if you know who's who, but this is who I think uh, the characters are according to the actor. So the synopsis is following an argument about their respective expectations of what a date should be. David challenges Maddie to provide him with a fun evening out, and he is to show her a fine evening out. He decides he's going to take her to the theatre. He drives all around town to buy tickets, but finds they are all sold out. He thinks his luck has changed when a scalper approaches him with two tickets to the symphony. Unfortunately for David, these tickets were robbed from a man who was involved in an assassination plot. And unbeknownst to David, the tickets are not together. Maddie and David discover that there is an assassination plot that, in a few hours, will cause an international incident. The episode culminates with David being forced to take the place of one of the participants in a boxing match, promoted by Don King, who makes a guest appearance. This episode includes yet another breaking the fourth wall, cold open, which includes the Temptations singing their hit song, Psychedelic Shack, as well as David talking Maddie into singing and dancing to the same song. Great intro. Love it. <laughs> yes. So you know how Glenn in the Moon Landing world or whatever, they like to kind of do a little nod to things that are really happening in Bruce and Sybil's life. Mm -hmm. So this aired in October of 1986. The following January is when Bruce put out his first Motown Records album. Okay. I think through Motown and Bruce was kind of getting involved in music outside of Moonlighting. Mm. And I've also seen footage of Bruce singing under the boardwalk with the Temptations. Yeah. And the Temptations being on this album and singing the song under the boardwalk with him, I guess it made perfect sense to kind of combine, you know, marry the two projects, Moonlighting and the, um, and the album that he was making with Motown. And I'm sure they invited the Temptations in and Moonlighting was so big that I guess they were happy to come. I'm guessing how it was all born. And Bruce's face. He's just so excited, just like yeah. when Ray Charles was there, you yeah. know, and Glenn must have been so excited. I mean, this is right up their alley, just the love for music and the show and all of that stuff. So, yeah, and, you know, kind of piecing it together that that's how it happened. I, I agree. I was looking at the timing as well and I thought, yeah, so he probably he probably met them. You don't know before if this was before or after he sang with them, but either way, they've invited them on and said, you know, come on the show, do a quick song. And it turned out great. They were fantastic. It, that was so much fun. I mean, how amazing. Who gets to do that? Yeah. His first album was The Return of Bruno. Mm. Um, so the thing is, like Glenn said at some point in you know, an interview, and Bruce had said in commentary, everybody was on Moonlighting. Yeah. You know, and, and like Glenn said, it got to the point, especially this season, where they could just pick up the phone, invite someone on. They were like, sure. Yeah, of course. Like, who wouldn't want to be on Moonlighting? You got so much exposure. Yeah. So really cool and really fun. And they have such an appreciation for music, especially like Motown and those kind of, you know, classic hits that I'm sure is just amazing for them. Yeah, that's great. I just love how the personal lives um, transferred into Moonlighting. Yes. So good. That's what we love about Moonlighting, the blurred yeah. lines. You know, yeah. you never know what's Sybil, Bruce, real life, you know, fact, fiction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. So, I'm, getting, I'm getting famous. All right. I'm getting famous. Funk video. <laughs> funk video. Where do I get this video? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make a funk video. 
Do you think he's having Sybil a do you think he's saying. having do, do you think he's having a dig at Sybil? <laughs> I'm getting famous. <laughs> uh I'm sure, yeah, that was a kind of a sticking point for her, right? Let's rub it a little interface a little bit, make make mm. a little bit more drama behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm getting famous. Mm. I know. Um yeah, that's stuff. I think that's definitely a uh, there's always little little reminders of what's happening, yeah, what's happening but- in their lives. But I really think Sybil was a great sport in this episode. She's such a great sport. She danced to the song at the start and the end was like, wow. But obviously getting ahead of myself. But beginning and the end, she was a really good sport to do what she did. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but the uh, Dennis Dugan commentary on Lunar Eclipse. No, no. I know you put it in there. I have no time to listen to it yet. He was like, I love Sybil Shepherd. She's up for anything. She will do anything. She'll take a pie in the face. She'll, oh. you know, get doused with water. She will, yeah, she's she's game for anything. And yeah, yeah. he was just like really praising her for her. Oh, for that's that. good. No, you know, I haven't so. listened to it yet. I will. Totally goes along with what you're saying. And and I love Dennis Dugan, by the way. He's just such a cool guy. He seems like Dugan, a Walter, you know. He really seems like a Walter in real life, don't you think? He's like a cooler Walter though. He's yeah. like a cooler Walter, a cooler though. Walter, kind of like yeah. a Bruce Willis ego. He's like a Bruce Willis ego. He ha- has like a lot of confidence, which is, I think, why both Sybil and Bruce liked him and yeah. liked working with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's for another day. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So then we go into the you know moonlighting credits after Temptations go. Do you want to start with the first scene and uh, the guy I buying just, the tickets? Yeah. Before that, though, I'd like to say how lovely she looks in that dress. I love that dress. It's a gorgeous I dress. I love the color. I love, I love how it fits. I love the, the collar, how the collar pops up. Um, it has a matching like, she coat actually, with it. Love it. Yeah, she looks beautiful in her hair and everything. Good old Rob. You knew how to dress her. You sure yes, did. Always like the belted, with her hour, hourglass figure, the belted dresses and yeah, the colors. Yeah, love it. Agree. Totally mm. agree. And her hair. I love her hair in that opening scene. Yes. Because her hair changes a lot in oh this Oh, my episode. God. <laughs> Shauna and I would love you to come and join our Moonlighting community. You can follow our Moonlighting the Podcast Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter at moon underscore podcast 85, as well as our YouTube channel. You can also join our Moonlighting the Podcast Facebook group where we talk about everything Moonlighting. What could be better than that? I watched it again last night, okay? Just... Yeah. For the upteenth time, just to see if there was anything else, right? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to look at her hair because Shauna always looks at her hair. Oh my god, different! And then flat, then buffy. Oh, oh. Parted to one side, parted to another. Yes, just in one scene. You know, in in the uh, scene in David's office, it, it changes. It's parted to one side, then it's parted to another. It's super curly. It's like more flat. I didn't notice and, the part. Oh, okay. Well, you'll you'll see it. I mean, it does. It changes. Um, you know, I guess they filmed it over a couple of days and what do you do, you know? Mm-hmm. But yes, I love it how it looks in the cold open and I love it at the end when she just has it natural and straight. Yes. I love why, that. Too. Why they couldn't have left it like that, I'll never know. But mm-hmm. that's okay. I'm not going to get worked up about <laughs> Maddie's hair. <laughs> you can't do anything about it now, Shauna. <laughs> um, I had a but, time machine. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be lovely to have a time machine? Um so I just like the end of the video how she just says, So, where do I get this video? And he turns his head to the camera. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's, I mean, it's something you're never going to get in another show. No. 
They were just so ahead of their time, so, Shauna. They were cutting edge. I mean, that's why people turn into moonlighting back in the day because you knew you were going to get something different. That's why people that's, looked forward to it. That's why everybody looked forward to it. What are they going to come up with this week? Yep. And will it even be on? <laughs> okay. So obviously you have the moonlighting credits and then you have the gentleman is purchasing tickets from the theatre and the ticket seller gives him two front row balcony tickets. But of course he says, I'm sorry. This is not what I asked for. He wants a front row balcony and one on the side. Now, I had a look at the map that he's looking at, and it doesn't make sense to me what they're looking at. It doesn't equate to the plan of the of the theatre. Funny. However, when you're looking at a plan, sometimes it's spread out because, you know, the usually the balcony overhangs the bottom. So when you're looking at a plan, it's not going to necessarily going to be the same. But when he's pointing, it's like, no, that's not where they were sitting. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah, there's other things about the tickets that I'll mention later. Yes. 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 So he leaves without his receipt. The gentleman buying the tickets um, is Alan Coleman. Now, I don't know if you recognize him, but he's in another episode of Moonlighting. Uh, Okay. I thought we had talked about that before where someone else, yeah, somebody, Mm. it might have been a cop though. Um, But anyway, have we already seen the episode that this guy is in? No, no, we haven't. You only see him for like, Four seconds in the other episode that's coming up. Oh, really? Okay. You want to tell us what it is or you want to? Oh, yeah. In uh, Maddie Hayes Got Married, he's the driver of the car driving them away to the hospital. Okay, wait. Which guy? The guy who's buying the tickets or the seller? No, no, no. The one who's buying the tickets, Alan Coleman. Okay. Anyway, he's the driver. He's got a hat on. Yeah, they used him again. Hmm. Funny. Two episodes of Moonlighting this guy. Look at him. Yeah. Living his best life in the 80s. Yeah. He did the usual things, Hill Street Blues. He was in Remington Steel um, in 1986. Of course. That's not a surprise. 30-something Seinfeld, Roseanne. Oh, he was a Kazakh soldier in Air Force One. Yeah, and I recognise him from here. He did one episode of West Wing. He was in Meet the Fockers too. I don't remember that. Anyway, that's Alan Coleman. Now, the ticket seller is Mario Recuso. Now, when you look at him, he's a very recognisable face. Yes. 50 years in acting. Unfortunately, he died in 2021. But his career began in 1960 in the Untouchables TV series. Anyway, that's Mario Recuso. So, yeah. Can I point something out real quick? Because it's something that we're probably going to start recognising now that I've kind of noticed this in other episodes that we can kind of look for. Um, if you look at the signs, like, you know, when you look at the episode again, the sign that is behind him about Beethoven, okay? Mm-hmm. Then when David's out on the payphone, there's a sign behind him about the show. This is what I'm realizing is you can tell when it is um, a, like, moonlighting crew created sign, signage. <laughs> I love it. It kind of has very, yeah, it, they use a, a particular font. It's kind of like bubbly and cursive and yeah it's uh, it's funny so just another example um that you can you know look at in um <laughs> I'm jump ahead here to a trip to the moon okay and a trip to the moon when they're in that laundromat mm-hmm. okay and they're walking up and down that one aisle between the washers and dryers right yep. and there is a wall and there's a sign on the wall it says fluff and fold 
that is a moonlighting crew created sign because it's that same writing. I'm sure back in the day, I mean, you know, for the printing and, you know, making big signage like that and stuff like that, the arts and crafts probably kind of had whatever limited ways to make the signs or whatever. So yeah, I'm starting to kind of notice those signs and you can tell when it's not the natural signage of the place that they're visiting. It's moonlighting signage because of that particular font and stuff like that. And probably like when Maddie's in the grocery store and blonde on blonde and you know, there's like moonlight and crew created signage or whatever. So yeah. anyway, I just thought okay. it, that was something I've been noticing. Uh, the only yeah. thing I, I noticed was I thought, gee, that's really 80s with the, you know, the A-frame at the front and people having to go to the box office to buy tickets. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. And, and he had to drive all over town and he went to 15 different places and that is you know, true. he was getting sick yeah, of the right. answer. Yeah, yep. well, that's interesting. Yep. That's interesting. You know, obviously the set decorators or whoever, or the prop department, whoever does it. Yeah, props, um, yeah. I suppose if, you know, if it was the same department doing it, they're going to do roughly the same thing, aren't they? So they're going to be similar signs. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it kind of gives you like uh, maybe another thing to look for when we're all watching these episodes. Okay. You, Grace, and others. So, <laughs> yeah. I like the dark music as he's walking down the street, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, Grace? The wet streets, they always wet the streets, as Grace has pointed out in the past. Yes. And I've, I've written that you know, down. Focused yeah. on the speed and the music and the wet streets and the darkness. And yes, it's all very mysterious. Boom, boom. boom. Yeah. And the music is in line with his walking as well. Okay. I think Alf liked doing yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, kind of matching, you know, making the music kind of a real, another cast member <laughs> almost. Music was like, a big part of the show, you know, yeah. whether it's Alf Clausen doing it or, you know, the songs that they chose. Yeah. And they love shadows and they love dark yeah. places. And this guy with his specially chosen tickets just loves to walk like in like a dark alley by garbage cans. And mm. Well, obviously he's a, a dark character. God knows where he's from. We never find out. But obviously he has something to do with the assassination. Yep. Plot. Yeah, so he's walking down the street, goes down the alleyway, and he gets mugged by Xander Berkeley, the scalper. Yes. Soon to be scalper. Yeah. Now, this is a very young Xander Berkeley too, isn't it? Yes. I always Definitely. remember him in 24. Yeah, he got radiation. I didn't, I didn't watch all of 24. Hmm. Did you know he's married, which I didn't know, he's married to Sarah Clark. She was the mother in Twilight. Wait. Oh, that's Sarah Chalk. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong person. The mother in Twilight, Sarah Clark. Okay. All right. Gotcha. He has an amazing actor credit. Crazy. His career began in 1981. And, and of course, he was in Remington Steel in 1983. And all the wow. popular TV series at the time. He was also in The Twilight uh-huh. Zone, as same as Bruce. Yeah. And he was also in Miami Vice for two episodes. Wise Guy. Oh, I used to love Wise Guy. Did you used to watch Wise Guy? I don't think so. I don't think that was in my repertoire. One of my favorite movies was A Few Good Men because, you know, I love Aaron Sorkin. And he's in that, but he's not in that for very long. He's like in that for one scene and that's it. Um, He's in Apollo 13, Apollo 11. Anyway, looks like he's had a few dealings with Glenn Karen because he was in Medium as well. Okay. And he was in Bull. Oh, well, there you go. So he probably started his relationship with him at Remington Steel. But um, uh-huh. Xander Berkeley, yeah, very, very good actor. He's been in a lot of things. 
I love that name too. Another cool name outside of Blossoms. What was that guy's name in um, Witness for the Execution? Uh, Robert's Blossom. Robert's Blossom. Okay. That's my top name for a guest star, Robert's Blossom. And then Xander Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. Yeah, great names. It's, it's a great name. Instead of calling him, you know, Alexander, they've called him Xander. Yeah, Xander. It's cool. I like it. Cool guy. Cool actor. The scalper takes his wallet. And obviously the tickets oh, are right. in the wallet. Um, That's true. And his watch. Takes his watch as well. And Yes. And I like how when he hits him, the music ends with a crescendo as he hits him on the back of the head. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. And then it's feet out of the elevator. Yeah, we have feet out of the elevator, Shauna. I'll have to add that to my stats. Yes, add it to the stats. They must have had to kill some time, you know, waiting for <laughs> Sybil and makeup or something like that. Film the feet out of the elevator. Love her shoes. Mm. Kind of the open toe. Yeah, the peep toes were in at that time. I remember having my peep toe shoes to go to work. Yes, we are five minutes in. So it's not the longest time we've had to wait to see Maddie and David. That's true. Yep, it was kind of a short setup for the storyline. Like we don't know where that's going yet, but Mm. yeah. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So Maddie arrives at the office. You know, she's looking, you know, calm, cool, collected, nonchalant, right? Mm -hmm. But... (laughs) Everybody's staring at it. (laughs) Yeah, but halfway to her office, she realizes everyone's looking at her. (laughs) And she's wearing the same outfit as the cold open, um, just with a jacket. Just Just with a jacket. Got her briefcase and purse. Very classic Maddie Hayes, right? With the beige shoes. Yes. Briefcase, classic outfit, handbag. They always have to include yeah. a bit of beige, don't they, Shauna? Yeah, they love that beige, you know, with the shoes <laughs> and the handbag. Yep. <laughs> shoes always have to match the bag, David. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I've always done it that way. <laughs> You're like, Maddie. I love how she walks um, up. But yeah. She walks back and yeah. she walks up. They're just sitting there staring at her. <laughs> well, Blaze, I know. Never. Never let anyone off the hook. And that music. Yes. So good. So good. And Maddie runs to her office and she slams the door and she 
leans up against the door and is just like, my gosh, these workers <laughs> drive her crazy. I know. Yeah, that's our first know. door slam. Yeah. That's right. Look at that. Five minutes in, we've got to feed out the elevator, door slam, all the classic moonlighting. Ah, she's in the safety of her office, and then she looks over to the right, and she sees some beautiful roses, Grace. Mm, very nice. She walks over and reads the note, and as she walks over, she seems a little excited. I wonder who she thinks they're from, Shauna. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. if you had a bad date the night before, why are you excited about the rose? Like, yes, Grace thought the same thing. Why does she look excited? Like, who does she think they're from? But yeah, is she hoping that they're from David? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because she wasn't happy with her date. So if she knew if it was from the date, she wouldn't be so excited before she read the note. But why oh, she thinks David would send her flowers, I don't know. Yeah, I know. But her face falls when she reads the note. She looks a bit angry, mm. you know. And now, she throws them in the trash. I noticed them. them in the bin, Grace. Yes. Yeah, so Yep, chuck yeah. them in the bin. But I noticed a lot of things out of whack in this scene from cut to cut. Okay. You see the still of the flowers on the coffee table. Then she walks over yes. to the coffee table, puts her briefcase down and her handbag, but there's room made to put them there, which wasn't there before. Then in the next okay. cut okay. from far away, sort of a wider shot, her briefcase is there, but the handbag is in a diagonal position when she first puts it down. But in that wide shot, it's sort of parallel with the briefcase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> little okay. thing, yes. You know? Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. I love that. Hmm. I Thank mean, you and you can understand that because yeah, obviously they were, that would have taken a while to do. Yeah. yeah. It's the continuity can't always be spot on. But yes, all these years later, we will catch you. Continuity department, props. <laughs> we will see that you laid the purse down in a different direction. <laughs> Thirty-eight years later, yep. Okay, getting away with that. They would have got away with it back then, but not now. Not with us two. No one had ever noticed back then. They were, yeah, the easy peasy. Their job was a piece of cake, you know. Yeah. Agnes comes in, you know, <laughs> um, and she she walks over and you know. Um, she, Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Why? Let me ask you why. Why are you acting like you've never seen these roses before? Maddie is like so mean to Agnes in the scene, isn't she? I think she's upset about her date and she's taking it out on Agnes, thinking that I Agnes know. is being a little bit, snoo you know, snoopy, snoop, snoop. And yes, um, true, true. yeah, because she's put the flowers in there. So who else would have put them in there? So she's saying, "Well, what do you what are you making out? You've never seen these flowers before." So she has yeah. been a little bit mean, but I think you know she's just angry about her date the night before. She's just like she's just kind of calling out Agnes, um, trying to come in and act surprised. Well, yeah, actually, now that you say that, I get it. Like Agnes has clearly been sent in by David and the Wobblies to get more information. <laughs> That's right. Where are they from? Who sent them? Yeah. So. Yeah, so Maddie, uh, okay, I'm just putting two to get two and two together. You know, we're always just figuring things out, you know, all these years later, speaking of 38 <laughs> years later. Yeah, Maddie's just like, no, you're not going to come in here, snoop around for the rest of the staff, and then leave and tell them everything, you know. So, yeah, she's like, you did put them in here, didn't you? Did you not? Mm. <laughs> they are. I love that. They did. 
You are. You are. Thank yeah, you. that's yeah. right. In fact, I'm surprised you didn't steam open the envelope. You are? Yes, I am. They did. You were. Yes, I love that. Answering you all the questions them. at once. Why don't you ask, ask me what you want to ask? Who sent them? Who sent? She goes, okay, yeah. who sent them? And Maddie gives Agnes the biggest dagger. <laughs> oh my god but you know what i was checking to see this scene because there's a lot of cuts in this scene over the shoulder so i'm happy that they were together in the shots where it's over agnes's shoulder i think obviously the other side yes. is not sybil and there's a lot of single shots of sybil so but i'm glad mm -hmm. they included them together in the same scene i first watched it i thought they're not together but then i looked at it again and i thought yeah well they are so that, well, I was happy that yeah, they were but, together in a scene. I agree, but, 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 um, but, 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 having just read Curtis Armstrong's book, Revenge of the Nerd, mm -hmm. this was a point of contention mm -hmm. that Bruce and Sybil did not stay for the other side. I guess that's kind of a faux pas in the industry, is what Curtis mm -hmm. is saying. And of course, like Elise would be there for Sybil's side, of course, you know, but Sybil didn't do the courtesy of, Sybil didn't do the courtesy of like staying. And I guess Bruce stayed at first, but then um, with time didn't stay. But, um, and Elise and um, Curtis would step in and um, be there for like guest stars and stuff and read off camera, you know, Sybil and Bruce's parts and stuff. Because it is a courtesy, I guess, in the industry. Uh, kind of unheard of. But, you know, like in the atomic commentary, Bruce is always saying there, not there, there, not there. Or in the commentary for yeah. My Fair David, he talks about how they didn't, they didn't stay for the guest stars. They only did the, the wide shot, you know, the main. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yes, I just recently read Curtis's book, which is um, a great book and a lot of very interesting insight um, in the moonlighting. But uh, yes, it's quite obvious that Sybil's double. Now we know, you know, there's a bit of a point of contention, actually, mm. when they weren't there. So it's common courtesy in the industry to be there, even though you're not in the shot, to say the, to, um, say the dialogue? Yeah, but I mean, um, Sybil is in the shot. They're just like filming, like kind of over her shoulder and where you can only see the hair, you know, mm -hmm. but like, I guess most people, most um, actors, you do both sides. I mean, you do the whole scene with the person, you know? Oh, is that what you're and saying? Yeah, I guess. Oh, I thought you meant, you know, when they're, they're doing a scene with just Sybil in the shot and Bruce would say his lines in the background. I think so. I think that's what Curtis was that's saying that. That's, That's what, what normal normally is done. Do, is, okay. Yes. That you are uh, even off screen saying your lines with the, with the person, you know. Which is understandable so, because, I mean, you know, like you yeah. would have to see their mannerisms and see what they do. And then I suppose, I don't know, in those days if they could play it back straight away um, and then respond to that movement. Mm -hmm. But obviously she didn't want to do that yeah. after a while. So then after a while he thought, oh, well, I'm not doing it either. Exactly. And the only caveat that I, I could give them, I think, is that it's known that the days were really long on the set yeah. of Moonlighting yeah. and they got yeah. the pages late and, you know, Sybil was a mother and she wanted to get home at a certain time and all that, which I totally get. Mm. So, um, yeah, the days are just, you know, but I guess, you know, in the industry, like all days are long. It's kind of what, you know, they're being paid handsomely to do. Mm. Um, so anyway, I mean, Curtis in the book gave the example of Colleen Dewhurst when, he, when she was on the show. Um, she said to him, what's with these assholes not doing the, the readings on the other side? So mm. I guess, you know, just a little side note there that Sybil wasn't there for Agnes to do it. And I guess that's not really cool in the industry. Read Curtis's book. 
Well, you wouldn't know because Elise does a great job. You wouldn't even know. No, I know. Yeah. And they all, it always looks great. They always pull it off somehow through editing or, you know, someone, you know, a good stand in or just them getting used to it or whatever. But yeah, they do a great job. You can now go to coffee.com slash moonlighting the podcast. That's ko-fi.com slash moonlighting the podcast and buy yourself a door slam. Yes, that's right. A door slam. Some devoted Moonlighting fans have contacted us since we began this project to find out how they can support us. As you are well aware, Shauna and I do this with great joy and we have so much fun creating this podcast every week and interacting with you guys on social media and via our fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com email. So we would be ever so grateful for any small donation that you can make. Maddie would be proud. I love Elisa's outfit here too. All the layers. <laughs> yes, cute. And she's got a little ribbon in her hair. How does that ribbon stay in her hair? It's like way, 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 way in the back. Even if I have like a headband in the front of my hair, it falls out. How is her staying there? Oh, who knows? And she's got such thick yeah. hair too. Yeah, true. All right. So cute. Agnes tries to leave and the three female wobblies are trying to listen in through the door and one even has a glass against the door to see they if they can. They always do that glass thing. Does that really work? I don't know. Actually, I've never tried that. I must try it. That's <laughs> so she, funny. So she comes back in and yes. says, I don't know what those people are doing out there. And Maddie's really angry by this stage. And she's like, go. And then Agnes leaves and slams the door. So that's our second door slam. Yeah. And let's make note that uh, Sybil's hair is parted to the right. Okay. To the right. Well, to her left. All right. Okay. Make note for the next scene. For the next scene. That second door slam. Okay. Keeping an eye on Sybil's hair here. Yeah. <laughs> but Sybil looks really beautiful. I love how Sybil looks in this scene with Agnes. She looks great. You know what? You know? She looks just beautiful in the whole episode. Yeah, yeah she, she does. Looks- Her hair gets a little too tight and curly for me. Okay. okay. But, of course, Sybil is beautiful. I wonder how long they took to do her hair. For all those curls. I don't get it. Mm. Not my favorite look. But um, it's better than season five. So I'll give them that. But I'll talk about one of her outfits later. One of her outfits later is like the most 80s looking outfit that she's Oh, yes. We'll get to it. So now we're in David's office. And, of course, just like in, uh, I think it's Lady in the Iron Mask, he's putting wages on who her date was and wanting to know who sent her the flowers. The male Wobblies have put notes in a hat. I'd love to know who that hat belongs to. And David oh, takes them it? out and reads them. Okay, Simmons has got him pegged for a Roger, 39, orthodontist, and yes, she will go out with him again. Good call, Simmons. McMahon here says he's an Oscar. Ugh. 35 and, oh, I'm very sorry, McMahon, contortionist is not an occupation. <laughs> my, my boy Esterhouse <laughs> picks the Raiders on a gang date. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. You know what? <laughs> Can I say something really quick? Oh, my God. That- there's like three different times in Moonlighting where it's referenced that a woman sleeps with a whole football team, including Agnes. Yes. Later. Yes. yes. That's true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think in one of the previous episodes, David says something like, a woman slept with the, a whole football team last, you know, last like night. Know. Yes, that's and right. Yeah. Yeah. Last night. Yeah. yeah. Raiders on the gang date, and then um, Agnes, you know, slept with the whole football team or something. So, yeah, what's what's with that obsession? That's pretty funny. Yeah. And the way it's written, too, it gets past the censors. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yep. 
Yeah, every time he says something, the wobblies moan and mmm, but it never yeah. matches when the camera cuts to them. Do you notice that? Yeah. Like there's mmm, exactly. uh, uh, they respond to David, but when you look at the wobblies, they're not even moving their mouth. Yes, I agree. Mm. So Agnes barges into David's office to say that Maddie is not talking, but Maddie follows her in and hears what they're talking about. And um, Agnes says she's not talking. And then Maddie walks in and goes, oh, yes, she is. <laughs> and I love what David says here. Oh, I'm very sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but I just received word from our panel of judges that some controversy has arisen over our big bonus question. Would you kindly excuse Miss Hayes and I while your host finds a solution to our tiebreaker? What did she do to earn those flowers? Yeah, I love that. What did she do to earn this? I love it. I love it. It's all <laughs> so juicy. This is like what the Wobblies and Dave, the day they've been waiting for, proof that Maddie went on a date and they can get up to all sorts of shenanigans, guessing, and they got a whole day supposing. <laughs> supposing. And I love when Maddie comes in. Her hair is parted to the other side just as soon as she walks in, just, oh. just to point it out. Okay. Um, totally different hairstyle. I love how the Wobblies, the men, the four men turn around and look at her. And- yes, that's a good cut. I like that. Great shot. So they all leave and she slams the door. Number three. Yep, number three. She's pretty angry. She wants to know why her private life outside the office becomes fair game for his amusement inside the office. And he goes, if I remember correctly, since you started working here and since someone started sending you roses. Which I'm told add a certain decorative touch to your trash can. What's the matter? Are you a carnation person? <laughs> So funny. So sarcastic. I just love it. Oh, he's just eating this up with a spoon. He's just like, yes, I got it right where I want her. He just give her so much crap about, and he's, you know, he's jetless, right? Of course. Right now he's thinking, "Uh uh-oh, what if the date went really well? And, you know, she's really happy with those flowers. But but Well, actually, no. Now he knows she's not happy. He was probably a little bit worried, was going to make light of it. Now he knows she, uh, she threw the roses away. So... He's like, ah, great. You know, now I, I get to kind of uh, poke the bear. <laughs> He's poking the bear, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wants to poke the bear. But he you know what I bear. love about this scene is that yeah. they're together. They're yes, the they scene. are. Yes. Love it. Yes. The majority of this scene, they're in the same cut, which is awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's like. When they shoot them from behind it, but you can see the side of their face, like you can see Bruce when he's sitting in his chair and Maddie's like, yeah, totally. They're in the same room. We all love that. Yeah, this scene um, makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I it's such it. a funny, and such a funny a, scene. It's so great. It's funny. I think it took a few days to shoot because of the hair change and all of that stuff. And uh, I think um, they spent a long time in here shooting the scene. And yeah, we get a lot of information about what happened and what Maddie really wants and David sees an opportunity but to my, dive right in. I just love it when she says, last night I went on a date and he says, get the hell out of here. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> last night I went on a date. Get the hell out of here. Oh, th- I mean, there's so many great things about, I mean, we could go line by line, you know? I mean, oh. if we want to be here for a three-part episode. Yeah, that's um, right. We'll go, <laughs> we go yeah, line by line, sorry. right? This scene, by the way, always reminds me of, I think it's all, all creatures, uh, when he's peering across, when he's like the peeping Dave. 
she's kind of wearing the, a similar color dress and they have like a long scene in his office. In the beginning, she catches him ogling the um, the woman oh, in the um, office building next door. Yes. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, she's kind of wearing a similar, they're, they're kind of like a little bit of a matched yes. scenes about different things. Yeah. 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 That's true. Anyway. Yeah. So he's very inquisitive now. He's really wanting to know, you know, who would send you roses? It's not your birthday. <laughs> and you already poked your head out of your hole and saw your shadow this year and you sure don't look dead. Yeah. A Groundhog's Day reference. Is it? Right. Is that what you're, you look confused. Um, yeah. You already poked your head out and saw your shadow this year. So, you know, um, is that an American thing? So every year um, there's a day where the groundhog either sees his shadow or not. And that tells everyone how much more winter is left or something like that. It's something about the seasons and um, how mm -hmm. much. Okay. So you guys don't do that. All right. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's a reference to is oh. Groundhog's Day. Have you ever seen that, that, that movie Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray? Yep. Okay. Well, the whole movie is about that, that he went to go Puxatani Phil. Yeah, is the groundhog and he pokes his head up out of his hole and if he sees his shadow you're going to have like six more weeks of winter or something oh, like that but if he okay. doesn't it'll be an early yeah it'll be an early spring yeah i didn't know that if that was an american thing so yes that's what he's talking about so okay. he's yeah saying she's like a little bit of a groundhog i didn't put that together and yeah. and you sure don't look dead so that's when she oh, tries to leave yes and of course she doesn't want to discuss it she tries to get out but he keeps blocking her way like he usually does. Yes, of course. And until she gives in and she tries to leave David's office and then she slams the door. You really want to yes. know about it? You really want to know about it? Well, I do have this whole backlog of work here, but sure, I'll clear six or eight hours for you. <laughs> I love it. And Maddie doesn't want to leave. She wants to talk to David about it. She wants to get like yeah. the male perspective on this whole dating thing, you know? Yeah, deep down, she didn't really want to leave, but she wants to get it off her chest and she wants to talk about yes. it. But you know what? Where did she yes, meet these uh, men, Shauna? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I have some questions about this date she went on. And yeah, we'll go a little bit further in, but yeah, I just, yeah. I'm not understanding Maddie. I like how she explains her date, you know, PH lawyer, MBA, Mr. Success. And, you know, the yeah. let's see what happens thing. They end up I've looking around for restaurants and it's more than an hour wait. And they end up in some dump with linoleum tables and the menu on the placemat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't know, Grace. This is all a bit of a foreshadowing of a trip to the moon. <laughs> David, hello. Wake up. Make a plan. Exactly. She does a really good job in this one. I like the way her mannerisms and her movements sitting down and then she gets up again and um, then the big event, you go to his place, you know, stuff like that. Okay. It's just awesome. This is the part where I'm just like, really, Maddie, what? Why would you go back to his place? You're already having a bad time. He already has no plan. Anyway, this guy brings Maddie Hayes. You bring Maddie Hayes back to your house to watch the last few innings of a game. Come on. Well, I'm just surprised Maddie would go back to the guy's house anyway, mm. you know? Well, maybe she thought it would improve. Yeah, maybe. A lot of baseball references in this episode as well. Of course. Towards the end of her dialogue, there's a little bit of a gap. And I'm thinking, did she forget the lines for a second? Because. Which part? Okay. So when she says, Wiley works up the nerve to ask you if you are going to stay, then there's a bit of a gap and, she, and her mouth goes as if she was going to say something with an M. 
And then she goes, which you are not, and which you decided when he said, let's see what happens. Well, he works up nerve to try to ask you if you're going to stay, which you are not, and which you decided when he said, let's see what happens. Right. Which you you are not, yes. Yeah, maybe. Yep. It's just not... I just noticed it's not fluent. So she didn't go straight through. There's a gap there. It's like for a split second, she forgot the word she was supposed to say, and then she remembered. Yeah, it's very possible. Mm. Monologues can be so long. It's tough being blonde and beautiful in today's America. (laughs) Being blonde and beautiful in today's America. He's kind of laughing. (laughs) He's having fun. Is he not having fun, Shauna? He's loving it. He's (laughs) loving it. And... And I love that Maddie is like confiding in David and kind of like venting, you know, like she said, every, what did she say? Like every six or eight weeks, she finally, you know, she like gets up the nerve, you know, like decides, oh, let me give this another try. And then it's all, it all is terrible. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when she says like MBA lawyer, Mr. Success, um, you know, those are the kind of guys that Maddie sees herself being with, but they're not treating her the way that she needs to be treated, you know? Well, she needs somebody more down to earth like David. That's yeah. what I feel. Um, and from some of her dialogue, like when she says, where you could, yes, he could wear a gown. <laughs> I was thinking of someplace special, someplace I could wear a gown. You could, he could wear a tuxedo. She slips up a little bit. Like she's picturing David in there. You know, Of course she is. David. Yeah. Yeah. But did you notice when she was saying, oh, I feel so silly, and she puts her head down and she puts her head back up again, the amount of hairspray Uh that's in her hair? Oh, my gosh, I know. It's like a helmet head. And her hair is parted to the other side again. It's a different hairstyle. (laughs) So her hair just comes back to the way it was, even though she put her head all the way down. Yes. It literally changes. The part changes from scene to scene. It's so funny. Definitely different days. Oh, I know. Her hair is like hairsprayed. Yeah, I think she talked about that in the uh, every daughter's father is a virgin, like how much hairspray they put in it to keep it. So they didn't have to waste time redoing it, I guess. I guess that's where all the curls got born out of, you know. Mm-hmm. Did you also see after she puts her head down, you know, and then she stands up and she puts her arms up, there's like uh, sweat stains on her dress? No. <laughs> yeah. There's like two sweat stains on her dress. You can see that's another reason why I think that they had like some long filming days in there. They're probably in that office forever, like filming and obviously from like the number of hairstyle changes from her sweating I almost want to say that I read somewhere a long time ago there's always these little things like stuck in the back of my brain that her and Glenn were fighting this day and he wasn't really liking how she was delivering the lines and they were fighting and I I don't know I think it was a bit of a contentious if I remember correctly I think Mm. that her and Glenn weren't getting along very well this day and I think it was maybe I'm kind of a a taxing, grueling scene, long scene, long days, civil sweating. Yeah. Oh, I never noticed. If, if memory serves. I have no proof for that, but I'm just kind of remembering that this was um, a day. Around, of, around yeah, that of, time. Uh, yeah. And Maddie has sweat stains on her dress. Poor thing. Poor Dibble. Oh. Working so hard. All right. So yeah. David says, give the guy a break. At least he bought your flowers. And she's like, oh, yeah, but anybody oh. can pick up a phone. And, yeah, she wants them personally. I love it. Picked and delivered I to love her. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. David, you know, takes the opportunity. I do. Sure, David. <laughs> I do that. I've been knowing to pick up my own flora and occasion my own fauna. I do that. You what? I've been known to deliver my own flora and on occasion my own fauna. <laughs> I love that. He, my own fauna. He is, 
shoving his foot in the door. He's like, wait a second, wait a second. Here's an opportunity to show her what I can offer. Right? The real sarcastic comments he makes is I love it. You know, David agrees that he understands what she's saying. I know exactly what you're talking about. You want a little effort, a little elbow grease, a good night's work, plus overtime before anybody should expect a payoff. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> a payoff, just extending the metaphor. We'll extend it somewhere else. <laughs> I can say like all the, the the lines in this office verbatim with them. It's so funny. I was doing that last oh, night. Good. She totally lies in this sentence when she says, you are hardly the person I would turn to in hopes of improving the situation. Well, you're hardly the situation I would put effort in to improve. Yeah, that's right. So before she goes out the door, David is curious of what kind of night she is talking about. And, of course, David is totally lying as well when he says, yeah, well, you're hardly the situation I would expend energy to improve. But just for sake of argument, yeah. what kind of night were you talking about? And yeah. she slams the door. Mm-hmm as she tries to walk out. So that's number five. Five, okay. So mm-hmm. I like it. She walks and goes and sits on his desk. I like that. Do you like that, Shauna? Of course. Love it. <laughs> the best. The ballet, the symphony. The ballet, the symphony. I mean, it's just like in Tupperman. Everything she suggests, he's like, what? It's like, come on, David. It's Maddie Hayes. Of course she's going to want the ballet, the symphony. Of course she's yes. going to want French films and seafood. She's more refined taste. She's got fine taste, David. So he's, I don't know. I mean, I would think that David would be, I could see David as a guy who would enjoy these things. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess he likes them. I just love when she says the ballet, the symphony, and he crosses his fingers. Yeah, crosses his I love that. Warding (laughs) off like the evil spirits or something. That's right. The ballet, the symphony. The ballet. That's not what you had in mind? Well, no, I just thought something a little more fun might be in order, like, Boilermakers, pretzels, dancing transvestites. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh my god! Like Bert, like Herbert later in the season. Yes, um, or later. <laughs> I love later that. Don't don't stop me on that. Don't stop me. Oh, um, I know, I know. So Maddie believes that it's not just about having fun. He goes, "You're telling me." it's like when she says your Jillian's a killer you're telling me (laughs) you're telling me yeah (laughs) yeah yeah he's got to throw everything you know he's good at giving Maddie Hayes a reality check right Hmm. maybe it's not the dates or the guys or the you know maybe it's the problem is you yeah me (laughs) he's turning it back on her saying maybe it's not them it's you you don't know how to have fun you don't know how to you know hang loose baby so it's like um, back to their argument in the pilot, you know, when's the last time you had any fun? Yeah. I have lots of fun, tons of fun. Oh, tons of fun. Please, Maddie, wake up to yourself, girlfriend. She has plenty of fun with him. Yeah, that's the only time she has fun. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I love it when he says, um, yeah, maybe it's not the guys, the dates or the plans. Maybe it's you, sister. She doesn't know to have fun. And she goes, why? Because my idea of a fine evening doesn't mean having large doses of penicillin on hand. <laughs> I love that. That's a great line. There's great so line. many good lines in this episode. Every, every line is like amazing. <laughs> yes. In Scott Ryan's book, I think the um, writers said this was the first episode where they kind of all wrote together instead of having like one writer kind of writing an episode and then Glenn polishing it. So maybe that's why it's like maybe they all thought of like the funniest things and the funniest lines and it was a good collaboration. Yeah. See, it's good when people work together as a team and come up with good things, have a brainstorming session. Mm -hmm. 
Moonlighting and Oral History, Scott Ryan, Amazon.com. Yep. There's also a link on our website, moonlightingthepodcast.com. I'm not sure which section I put it in. I can't remember, but it's in one of the sections of the website. You can click on it and purchase your book. Great book about the history of the show. So he goes, done. I'll make you a deal. I'll trade you. I'll show you a fine evening and you show me a fun evening. You show me how Maddie Hayes gets down and I'll show you the sophistication beneath the rugged exterior. The what beneath the what? (laughs) What between the what? (laughs) More insults. What? I love her insults. Yes, I know. They love to, you know, sexy little banter. Tit for tat, tat for tit. She can't believe he's serious. <laughs> I'll even go first. Say tonight-ish, eight-ish, I'll pick you up-ish. I'll pick you up-ish. Yep, I love it. But he gets a little bit angry here when she starts to walk away and says, I don't think so. And yeah. he says, what's the matter? Afraid you can't pull it off? What's the matter? Afraid you can't pull it off? I can pull it off. Can you? In my sleep. Or at the very least, on my back. (laughs) There's another thing past the senses. Yep. Yep, totally. So we'll see who's comfortable in whose backyard. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a great ending to this scene, the way she looks at him, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Very sexy. Yes. Because Sybil does that slightly throw her head back, you know, look down with it. She knows how to use her eyes to be very seductive, you know. Um, She does that a lot. Yeah, through the doorway. That's a side view. I like the silhouette type thing. Um, Great ending. She goes, fine, fun. Fine, fun. And she looks at him. And then I love how she looks down and she looks at his lips and walks out and slams Mm -hmm. the door. Yeah, it's great. It's all great. It's a great scene. How long was that scene? That scene was, um, see, that scene was about seven minutes, wasn't it? So that's why it took like a couple days to film. Because that's a lot of dialogue. I'm slipping, Shauna. I didn't time the scene. Yeah, I'd say it's about maybe six, maybe six, maybe by the time she gets in his office and and all of that. I think that's probably why I love that scene, because we get a lot of them. Yes. Five, six minutes of them together. It's a lot. It's a lot of dialogue. Yes, I can see why they were working very hard in that scene. Why she's sweating under her armpits. My poor Sybil is sweating her ass off, yeah. Anything else to say about that scene? I would have liked... I don't know. Would you have liked, when she slammed the door and walked out, would you have liked a better reaction from him? You know, like, um, people can't see what I'm doing, but you know how men will go, yes, you know, with their oh, right. elbow <laughs> down, you know, go, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know. Or maybe yeah, it was good the way it was. But, you know, I don't I, know. Yeah. I think David is more of like a smug and satisfied guy. Yeah. You know, I think he's, you know, definitely like confident. Yeah. You know what? I know what you're saying, but he kind of like um, pushes his jawline out a little bit. You know, I think he's like satisfied. Yeah. So I think it's okay. I think I'm all right with it. You're right. Okay, cool. Thank you for listening to Symphony and Knocked Flat Part One. Join us next week for Part Two. Well, until next time, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you for for listening listening to to Moonlighting the Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.